Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Why, hello there. Welcome to this episode. Thanks for tuning in. I'm currently sitting in my dad's office in Zurich right now, looking out the window, and there's snow coming down, which is so cool because obviously we don't get snow that much in London. And I feel like snow in Zurich is really nice. You know, there's like places where it snows and it gets all dirty and mushy and and then there's just like ice everywhere and you can't walk on the street and you're scared of falling over. But I feel like Zurich does snow right. It just looks like so crisp and tidy and somehow then all the pavements are ice free and everything. Yeah, it's nice. It's a good change of scenery as well from London. But anyway, about this episode, we have got Lorna on board. She is a binge eating coach and founder of Ditch Decade Diets Academy. She has conquered her 10-year battle of binge eating and no longer feels controlled by food. So if you're sick and tired of obsessing over calories, thinking about food all day long, snacking uncontrollably late at night, or when you're home alone, Lorna is your go-to girl. She has now helped hundreds of women from all over the world break free from binge eating using her root and rewire process, which we'll talk about in the episode. And so she really specializes in helping you rewire your brain so you no longer even feel that impulse to binge. We actually know each other because we did the same coaching certification, Hungry for Happiness, together. She asked me to be on her podcast. I've already been on that, so definitely check that out if you want to. And now she's coming on board here to share all of her lovely wisdom that's definitely going to help you out. Some of the things that we talk about in this episode, the basics, you know, why we binge, how to stop it, how to stop that urge to binge. We talk about her root and rewire process to rewire your brain so we can let go of these self-sabotaging behaviors like binge eating. And we talk about rebuilding that self-trust with yourself, how to stop binging when you're alone, and how to stop calorie counting. So tons of good stuff in here in a nice, kind of a bit of a condensed episode, which I kind of like. I've I've often been doing hour-long guest interviews, but I kind of like the half hour or the 45 minute mark. So if you have a preference, definitely DM me about it because, you know, after all, this is really all for you. With all of that said, let's get into this episode and meet Lorna in three, two, one. Welcome Lorna to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. And I feel like everyone's gonna get so much from this because this podcast is about binge eating and you're an expert in binge eating. So let's do this. So I usually I start off with some quick fire questions just to loosen things up, some fun stuff. So let's start off with where are you from? I am from Toronto, Canada. I am born, raised here. I'm actually moving for the first time in my entire life next Ooh. month, which is like really exciting. Still in Canada, but uh, first time moving. So I'm really excited. That's huge. Where are you moving to? Um, it's just called, it's a little city. It's called Simcoe City. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a very busy, busy, busy city right now. And it's just, it's just too much. I'm not mm-hmm. like that go, go, go person. I'm in bed at like 8 p.m. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to move somewhere a little bit more quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it in the same, what is it, like a province? Same province? Yes. Yeah. yeah, same province. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's exciting. That's very big. Yes, I know I've been like packing and just getting everything ready. So it's definitely a big step. 
Cool. And what's your favorite way to move your body? Ooh, walking a hundred percent. I actually just got uh, home from a walk and I'm in Canada. So it's yeah. like freezing cold, <laughs> but, um, it just makes me feel so good. It's good for my mental health and just a great way to, to move my body. Mm, so agree. I got into walking during the pandemic before then it would have been just like walk my dog, but now it's like, I need to walk. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Working from home, sitting all day. It's like, I need to get that movement in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what do you like to do in your spare time? Hmm. This sounds Honestly, like a this- dating, like a dating yeah. interview or something. I know. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I was going to say this sounds so like weird, but I love spending time with my husband. Like we can be doing anything. We love watching comedy shows or just Mm -hmm. putting on Netflix. And I'm such a chill person. I don't need to do much to like make me happy, but Mm -hmm. we like just hanging out. I like painting. I just got into painting recently and it's just relaxing. You can like get so creative with that. So Those are kind of my, my, my things I like to do. Yeah. With the painting, is it like freestyle or in between yeah, the lines kind of thing? I like to just Google like mm-hmm. photos of like flowers yeah. or like mountains. And then I'll just kind of use that on a blank canvas and work my magic. I'm not the greatest, but you know, <laughs> it's just fun. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. Uh, yeah. How about something that you learned in 2021? Ooh, I'm like, holy, that sounds so far away. It's 2022, yeah. but it's not that far away. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's just to have faith, mm-hmm. um, you know, with everything kind of going on. It's just like, keep on pushing through, like you can get through anything. We're all kind of in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, don't give up, like reach out for support if you need, um, just have faith that everything's happening for a reason and everything's going to be okay. Oh yeah. That's so something that like, that's a a kind of phrase that I try to say to myself often is like, it's all going to work out. Like it's all going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just calms me down quite a bit. Yeah. Um, how about your final question as a Canadian snow or sun? Oh, no brainer. Sun 1000%. I hate the cold. I'm like such a cold person every day. So Mm -hmm. I need the sun. I'm sun all the way. It can never be too hot. Wow. So (laughs) you're not really living in the ideal place. Oh, I need to get out. (laughs) One day, one day, maybe I'll move to like the tropics or something. Yeah, That'll be the goal. Even for me in London, I'm just like, oh, it's just too cold. Like I need to be living my life in a hot place all the time. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. In fact, my my boyfriend the other day was like, because he's thinking of moving jobs. And since I'm obviously quite flexible, um, he was like, oh, would you live in Barcelona for like two years? And I was like, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like all year round. I'd say in the coldest month, it's it's almost like May in London. So yeah. So I'm like, yeah, this could work. And then I was straight to like property websites. <laughs> I was like, what could I get for this amount of money? Like as rent and you can get a place with like a rooftop pool or a terrace. I was like, this could be the life. <sighs> that sounds so amazing right now. So yeah. amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So let's get into the binge eating stuff. So obviously a lot of people listening are probably struggling with binge eating. So what would you say are the main reasons you think people do binge eat and then the key kind of solutions to get out of that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I first was struggling with binge eating, first off, I didn't even know that I was binge eating. I knew I was like doing these crazy weird things with food, mm-hmm. but I never really knew like I had a problem. And I think we have to really understand that this is just something that has been so ingrained deeply into your brain through repetition. Mm. And you're not crazy. You're not broken. It's just, this has been a habit that we just need some rewiring of the brain. So my whole philosophy, the reason why people struggle with binge eating is because there's that impulse that is causing us, that's driving us Mm. to binge and self-sabotage with food. And I think this kind of gives people a little bit of hope that they don't have to, you know, go back so deep into like their childhood wounding and just Mm -hmm. kind of see it as like this habit that's formed into the brain. Yeah. And the more times that you feel that nagging impulse, I describe it like an itchy mosquito bite that needs to be scratched. The more times that you feel that impulse and the more times that you don't give in, the Mm -hmm. the weaker those neural pathways are going to be in the brain. And that's kind of how I see binge eating. Mm -hmm. So one of the main ways that you can prevent yourself from continuing in this, in this habitual cycle Mm -hmm. is to stop giving into that impulse. Now, of course we all know that, right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what are the actionable steps to actually not give in? Cause it feels like you have to give in. Yeah. And two of my favorite tools that I like to use is either breath work or movement. So these are both ways that we can change our physical state. We are just essentially looking for a state change in our body. And when we are either using our breath or we are moving our body, we physically feel different. We're going to mentally feel different as well too. And you're going to start to to realize that when we use these tools, eventually that nagging impulse is going to weaken. It's Mm going to weaken. And eventually you're no longer even going to feel that, that impulse to binge. So breath work, um, is a great tool. Or like I said, movement doesn't have to be an exercise, just kind of shaking your body, moving your body. It could be getting outside, going for a walk, but just changing your physical state is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so when it comes to the breath work, what could that look like for someone in practice? Yeah. So I'm actually a breathwork facilitator. And one of my favorite kind of easiest breath patterns that you can use is just a forceful exhale through your mouth. And it just sounds like this. So you're just exhaling through the mouth kind of in a quick fashion. And you Mm -hmm. will realize even just doing this for 30 seconds, you're going to feel different. Like Mm -hmm. if you guys just pause this episode right now and just even try that for 30 seconds, you're going to feel a different, even in your, in the way that you're thinking, you're going to be more clear thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, you're just going to feel a lot of energy shift in your body. Yeah. I can imagine that the breath work would help and the movement would help so much because I feel like when I used to be in that state of, yeah, that mosquito bite is feeling itchy and just felt so unstoppable. Your mind is so panicked and like scattered And I feel like you just need something to interrupt and break that basically, which I can imagine like breath work and movement definitely do. Totally. Because even, you know, when I knew that I shouldn't give into it, I think we all know, right. We don't want to be doing this thing that's self-sabotaging, but it's like, 
how do I not give in when it literally feels so uncomfortable? I can't even focus on work. I can't even Mm -hmm. think about anything else. I can't even be present in conversations. It feels like I have to give in. There needs to be tools for us to actually implement so that we can really start weakening that, that impulse and break Mm -hmm. those neural pathways in the brain. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I remember the, the impulse felt so strong for me at times. There was one time I was sitting with my mom and at, after years of struggling, I eventually like told her, this is what my binges are. And like, it feels unstoppable. And so one time I was like, I really feel like I just need to have like cookie dough right now. And she's like, oh, why don't you just have like a bit of it and then don't eat all of it. <laughs> and I was like, or, or like, why don't you just wait 20 minutes or something? And I was just like, no, like you don't understand. I, I would rather, I would rather not have it then just have a bit of it like it's exactly. either like I need to have all of it or not but most likely I need all of it basically in that moment and yeah, yeah. you know that if you just have a bit of it it's like oh that's a downward spiral yeah yeah <laughs> and I feel like I feel like there is that craving of I need a huge amount of this food right now and just a little bit of it isn't gonna like it's not gonna scratch the itch basically yeah exactly and that yeah. can it's it's interesting that you said that about like people who've never really, you know, maybe have struggled with it. It's like comments are just, just portion control, Mm. just be mindful. And it's like, if only you knew, like I, it's not as easy as just be mindful or else everybody would be, you know, not have this poor relationship with food, but Mm -hmm. it's sometimes those comments can be so triggering. I know Mm -hmm. like my mom said the exact same thing. Like it's okay. Everybody overeats. And I'm like, no, I like, I'm physically sick. Like you don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like I would have been so embarrassed to open up to someone about the extent which like how much I ate because there's just no way that anyone quote unquote normal or who didn't struggle with it could understand like why the hell are you eating that much food like that's insane yeah totally and so with the when that impulse comes up is there anything so apart from like breaking it and you know not giving in and so you sort of like break that wiring in your brain what would cause that impulse to show up in the first place? Mm-hmm, for sure. So a few things at the top of my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we all know that we need to release these food rolls, right? Mm-hmm. Because anytime we tell ourselves, I can't eat chocolate, all we're going to want is chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. These rules, either conscious rules or subconscious rules is what creates this internal pressure inside of us, which creates this, this all or nothing mentality, this yeah. black or white thinking, right? If I just have a little bit of something sweet, well, I already messed up. So Mm. I might as well just keep on eating, right? It's that internal pressure. So for sure, rules um, is, you know, dieting, any type of rules, physical restriction, mental restriction, um, but also like just not eating enough throughout the day. I know for a, for geez, so many years when I was in this restrict binge cycle, I would be scared to, you know, overeat on, you know, I had a certain amount of calories that I was supposed to eat per day. And I thought, you know, I have to stay below this, but when we're in a calorie restricted state, 
that's essentially where we're, we're creating this impulse. We're creating mm-hmm. that, that nagging impulse that's driving us to binge. And I know it can feel scary, you know, maybe eating a little bit more than normal, but I always say I would rather eat a little bit more throughout the day than binge on thousands of calories mm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I think those biggest things, and then also satisfaction. Mm. So many of us are afraid to really extract satisfaction and pleasure from our meals. I know for myself, I used to eat plain chicken and plain broccoli. I'm like, oh, I actually really enjoy this bull <laughs> freaking shit. I did not enjoy it. And if we are just trying to substitute, you know, healthier options, which is great. I mean, obviously we want to be healthy, but if we're not actually enjoying the thing that we really want and extracting full Mm -hmm. satisfaction, we're going to eat the thing that's not satisfying. Plus the thing that we actually really wanted in the first place. And we can just really prevent those things from happening. Yes. Yes. Going back to that feeling of, you know, with the food rules and having that inner kind of tension, Oh, I, I remember the days of where I, I'd be out at a restaurant with my family or friends and everyone would be like, oh, who wants dessert? And because, first of all, I'd always restrict dessert, I'd be like dying to have it. But then there'd be this inner tension of like, no, but I shouldn't have it because yesterday I went over my calories and this is bad and da 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 da. And, and then even if I did actually order it, I, yeah, as you said, like I couldn't let myself extract the satisfaction. Like I just wouldn't actually enjoy it. There would just be this sense of like tension, anxiety, dread while eating that thing that I found delicious. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so many times I would go home and still like binge more because even that thing that I wanted, I didn't let myself enjoy it. So it's almost like it didn't happen or something. Yep. Yeah, totally. It's like, I, I, I felt the exact same way. It's like, I'd go out for dinner and then I'd come home and everybody would be like brushing their teeth and going to bed. And I'm like, yes. but, but wait, like I need my, I need my, I need my food. Yeah. You know, like I always had like, you know, my kind of binge foods and like yeah. the restaurant food, like it was good, but it wasn't the thing that just yes. did it, you know? Yes. <laughs> totally. Totally. And I feel like part of that is because the restaurant food, let's say it was like a slice of cho- chocolate cake it was in a way like portion for you. And it was a, there was a limit, right? It was just like one slice, but my binge food would always have like either no limit or just a huge limit. So then I could feel like I can get to this weird satisfied state and go beyond and not feel like, because I was always in this restricted state, having that one slice of chocolate cake, it was like, oh, but I didn't, I didn't get to like go overboard or something. It was just this weird weird thing in my head but yeah it was like so complicated and it's because it's it's not the food right it's for for me the reason that I was so I hated binge eating but I liked it Mm. was the high that I got out of it it wasn't even the food I mean shit you can barely taste the food when you're binge eating it's it's the feeling the numbing out the euphoria the high the Mm -hmm. escaping the reality of the world that just made me that's what Mm. I was longing for Totally, totally. I remember like Nutella was a huge binge food for me. And the first few scoops, obviously delicious. But I remember I'd be like third way through a jar, halfway through a jar. I'm going to pause right there for a minute to share something with you. So if you've been listening so far and feel like you're ready to start your recovery journey with me, I've got the perfect springboard. That is my free masterclass, 
why you're still binge eating and how to stop. It's a 35 minute free video masterclass where I'll walk through all of the reasons you might still be binging. Then I'll give you three actionable steps to stop binge eating. So if you're looking for actual results in your life, want to never binge again, trust me, I know the feeling. I was stuck for 10 years doing that. Then head to the show notes to get instant access today. I'll also gift you something for joining me at the masterclass, but I'll leave that surprise for you to find out for yourself. Life is just so damn short and it's not worth feeling so miserable, unhappy, unhealthy with binging taking over. So watch the masterclass today to start your new life. Okay, let's get back into the show. But I remember I'd be like third way through a jar, halfway through a jar going through and it was almost like my tongue, the taste buds had been, I don't know, like the texture of constantly like licking the spoon had, had almost like damaged the the top layer of my tongue and it was so physically unenjoyable but I was still and I noticed it and I was still going it was just like such a bizarre you know two extremes of like I hate what I'm doing but also I really want to keep going yes yeah most definitely I think a lot of people can relate to that like this thing is so self-sabotaging but I don't know Mm -hmm. if I want to give it up and I kind of want to normalize that as well too because I think there's so much shame and embarrassment about like, I don't want to give this up. Like it, mm. it's, it's destroying my life. It's impacting every area of my life, but I want to, I want to keep this going. Like, who am I, who am I going to be without this? What how, am I even going to be able to enjoy food if I stop binging? And I would say, you know, we can enjoy food so much more when we are not binging on it. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, two years binge free and I love food more than ever now. Same. And yeah. I don't binge. Yeah. I remember I used to feel those people who would be like, oh, I love, I'm such a foodie. I love food, but they weren't like overeating at every meal or like binge eating. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Like you don't even know. Well, I'm like, they're binge eating thinking I'm like a foodie, but no, yes. <laughs> it is possible to like not be in that state and really truly enjoying food. And I, I feel like a big part of it is yeah, your state of mind is so much more like so relaxed and there's no policing your food no I don't know trying to like force yourself to eat less than you really want to eat in that moment it's just so much more at peace totally 100 percent. yeah it's it's like what they say a normal eater yeah yeah definitely it feels so good to feel like a normal eater again like it's just how I was up until the age of like 16 when everything went downhill I just I was a normal eater all that time and it feels so good to just be that again (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Um, How about for people who are really obsessed with calorie counting and it's just like causing them so much stress and anxiety? Like how would you break that habit? Mm, Yeah. So just going back to even when I was so obsessed, I think you just need to be ready. You know, for many, many years, I was so obsessed with calories and I was afraid of olive oil and butter and I was afraid of going out for dinner but I wasn't ready to eat intuitively because I didn't trust myself. Mm -hmm. I had this idea that if I didn't track my calories, I would just blow up like a balloon and I would just binge even more. And so I think the first thing is you have to realize that obsessing over calories is actually doing more harm than eating extra calories. You know, like Mm -hmm. they say, 
fearing sugar is worse for you than just eating the sugar itself because Mm -hmm. it creates so much stress, you know, cortisol in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think with that, you don't have to go from counting every single calorie to eating whatever you want. You can stair step your way there. It could be, let me just not track one meal. Then Mm -hmm. let me not track a day. It's feeling safe in your body to stair step your way to a place where you can start building up that self-trust. So it's not, it doesn't feel like this free for all because when I started intuitive eating, Mm -hmm. I was like, there's there's no way I can continue like this. I am out of control, but it's, there's a little bit of an in-between part where it's kind of part of the process Mm -hmm. where you have to let that pressure release, but you, you can go at your own, you can go at your Mm -hmm. own speed. Mm, Yeah. And when you say like, there's that part of the process, is that where you kind of ease off the calorie counting and you might, you might go overboard for a while. And then you sort of like find that balance. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what gets people back into calorie counting because Mm -hmm. they, they have this fear. Oh my gosh, I'm out of control. I'm binging even more. I'm overeating even more. Mm -hmm. And this can't be right. I got to hop on my, my safety net, my calorie counting, Mm -hmm. but we need to allow our bodies time to adjust. If you've been restricting for years and years and years, of course, binge eating is part of the process. Of course, Mm -hmm. overeating is part of the process. You've restricted for so long. Your body is just so deprived. And that's why I think support is so important in this process so that you don't feel crazy. You don't revert back to hopping on, you know, your diet or the the counting of calories. Mm, Totally agree. Yeah. I've had so many clients who, yeah, they get to that sort of like the hump in the process and they're like freaking out. I'm like, just, just wait, just stick with me here. Like we're gonna, it's gonna all work out in the end. And, um, it actually reminds me of, so I basically counted calories in some form or like sometimes really strict, sometimes a bit more loose for so many years. And it was literally the moment that I stopped that things got so much easier. And I swear, like, um, I don't know how how many calories I eat a day now on average, but it feels like the same amount as when I was like 18. It's way above the number that for so many years, I was like, I have to be at this number, otherwise I'm going to gain tons of weight. Like, I feel like I'm way above that. Yeah. And like trying to stay at a certain amount is what's actually causing the binges. So if Mm -hmm. we just kind of can release some of that control, I always say, the more you try to control your food, the more out of control you actually feel. And it's like, I know it can feel so scary, but sometimes we just got to like surrender and we're actually going to be at a way better place than just white knuckling it and Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, eat less. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how about people who they find that basically anytime they get a moment alone, they're straight to like binge eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> this is, I think probably 90% of my clients struggle with nighttime eating or mm-hmm. eating alone in secret. This was definitely something that I struggled with as well too. And I think it's just this belief of there's no judgment and nobody's watching. So I, it's almost like this permission slip. 
Yes. Like I could eat whatever I want. And I remember there would be, you know, some days where I didn't even feel like binging, but I had the mm. opportunity of being yes. home alone. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. Yes. And it's just, again, this habit that is so deeply ingrained into our brain. And I think if we start to increase our joy, our, our pleasure, allowing ourselves to experience a joyful life outside of food, you're going to start to realize that you're not going to have this desire to spend time alone binging. You're going to spend this time doing things that bring you joy and, and excel your life and give you, give you joy. Essentially food is a false sense of joy when we're binging, but you know, I think if we really just increase our, our joy in other areas of our life, that desire is going to be squashed. We're not going to, we're not going to have that desire anymore. Completely agree that that was literally the catalyst for me to stop binge eating because it was the number one most exciting thing in my day, in my week, my mouth would actually be salivating, like going to the shops, buying my binge foods, rushing home like straight to the kitchen rip open this thing and start eating it and um once I started saying yes to more social outings like having more actual fun it was like a uh, duh like why do I want to go rush home and binge when I'm gonna go do this fun thing with a bunch of friends totally yeah and I think you know for a lot of people it's it's not something that we talk about. Like we don't go out with our friends and say, Hey, I'm a binge eater. Right. Mm -hmm. There's so much like secrecy in it. And it's almost like, well, this is the only time that I could binge. I mean, I don't know really of anybody who binges in front of people. Right. So it's like, this is my opportunity. This is my chance to, to do the thing that I want to do again, without that judgment, just in that safe, safe environment. Um, so we don't have to like, we don't have to blame ourselves. If you're, if you're somebody listening right now who is binging alone, like just understand that, like, you're just trying to seek out that pleasure in, in the, in the way that you know how. Yeah, definitely. And I think going back to the shame thing, if we could somehow kind of decrease the shame that we feel or that society holds around binge eating, I feel like, especially for women, then we would feel less of this pressure to like, I need to do it alone. And it needs to be like so rushed. And oh my God, is someone going to walk in the door while I'm doing it? Can I hear the keys in the door (laughs) kind of thing? Like I definitely had that so many times. Um, I feel like it could help be like a part of the solution as well. Yeah. And I think something else as well too is having those binge foods that you typically have when you're home alone, start having those foods when you're with people or in least triggering situations. If you're somebody who struggles at night, home alone, start eating some of those foods during the day with people. And again, that is what's going to build that trust Mm -hmm. that you can have control around it. So in the evenings, it's not going to be so much of a struggle. If we're already struggling, how can mm-hmm. we minimize it to, to mm-hmm. the best, you know, that we can? Totally agree. Yeah, I feel like that was actually something I did at the start of the pandemic. So it was when I finally normalized Nutella for myself. Like I hadn't binged on it in a while, but I just, I was I had also been avoiding it. Like I, I still felt like I can't have this in the kitchen and I'm not going to have like half the jar in a day. So I was like, let me just try to start eating this after I've just eaten lunch in front of 
my family and my boyfriend. And at first it felt really weird. I felt anxious or like ashamed to just be eating it, especially with, by the spoonful, because that's not how people normally eat it. But I was like, you know what? I just, this is how I want to eat it. Like, I actually don't like eating it with bread or like on bread. So I was like trying and it, it got more normal over time. And after weeks, I'd say like three or four weeks of basically getting myself to do that every day, I felt really normal with Nutella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that can happen for any food. You know, I've, I've, I hear people say like, you know, there's just certain foods that are just so, so triggering for me and I'm never going to be able to feel in control with them. And you will, you will, you can start off with your least triggering foods and, you know, introduce those. Um, but all foods will, will be off a pedestal eventually when you build that self-trust. Completely, completely. Okay. So to close off, what would you tell your past self when she was at the deepest, darkest part of her journey? Like, what would that advice be? Honestly, I kind of said this at the beginning, but you're not broken. You're not the exception Mm -hmm. and you don't have to live this way for the rest of your life. And there's help available to you. You know, I, at the time I was a, a personal trainer, I owned my own fitness studio and I'm like, I am the biggest imposter of my life. Like, what the heck am I doing? Mm -hmm. And I just thought that there wasn't a way out. Like food freedom can be for everybody else except for me. Mm. And I just wanted to tell that younger girl that she's deserving of it. She is capable of it. There is a way out. She's not the exception. And through support, through guidance, through rewiring your brain, you no longer will even feel that desire, that impulse to binge, and you will experience food freedom, complete food freedom. I love that. I love that. So how can people find you and work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am on Instagram at Lorna underscore binge eating coach. You can Mm -hmm. just click the link in my bio. I also have a a free guide that you can just download. It's three tips to stop binge eating. It's in my bio, or you can Mm -hmm. go to sustainablehealthproject.com forward slash free guide and be on your way to making some steps towards food freedom. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing so many helpful tips and sharing about your story and hopefully giving people listening some hope that yes, we're not, you're not broken and you're not stuck like this forever. That's for sure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life. Change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. I'm always open for feedback and let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast because after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.